0: Previously on the Project Umbrella podcast.
1: So, Rombie, did you know what the creatures that stalk the Spencer estate are called? Uh, uh there's zombies.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: are
1: you looking forward to a confidential report, HD? <laughs> <laughs> You wait for the moment when it, when uh, the new character's introduced and it was My name's Tyler, I survived Rapid City You know, you'll come crying back! I afraid the answer is Dorothy Lester oh. <laughs> Obvious. I thought you were going to keep it topical yeah. very easy indeed
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Project Umbrella
1: Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Project Umbrella podcast Uploading data quicker than the Red Queen AI And downloading more securely than Rolf Harris's internet history I'm Nick, (laughs) better known as Neptune And joining me today is Batman (laughs) Hello (laughs) Stars Tyrant uh, Yeah, hi Rombie Hello And we have George Trevor back with us
0: Hi there, really pleased to be back, hi.
1: Fantastic. So, coming up Shockingly in t- taste, no. <laughs> coming up into today's show, we're having a special podcast dedicated to probably the greatest downloadable content ever created by any organisation and company ever, that is Lost in Nightmares. We're going to be having a quick look at the news, a bit of site news, and uh, since our last podcast, we also had the Revelations 2 launch trailer. We're trying to keep it spoiler free, but we're going to have a quick, quick discussion on that before launching into a very special edition of Neptune's biohazard quiz. So without further ado, let's crack on with the news. The first bit of news leads directly nicely on from our discussion last week in which it's now been confirmed that Resident Evil Remake HD has become Capcom's fastest selling (laughs) digital title of all time. Fantastic news, I think you would agree. Fastest selling day one PSN title. Ever. Ever. I think that's what (laughs) I (laughs) meant (laughs) from.
0: That's probably quite a lot more than... Capcom, because I mean, are there any other major digital digital titles you know that REHD would have been up against on the Capcom roster?
4: Um, Not the Capcom roster, I don't think. I'd say it's done better than what
1: even Capcom expected. It's been really good, to be honest, and there's just such a positive buzz everywhere you've gone. You know, forums have been really, really buzzing about it, and I don't think you could have asked for anything better, really, short of um, maybe a physical release for the people who didn't want to import.
0: I was really pleasantly surprised when I read that report because I really worried that it would just kind of interest would peak with us guys and people that have been in the community for a long time, but that it just had its day and it was just you know so 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 old hat. No additional extra polish would have uh, brought it to a new audience, but it really seems that it has though.
1: I still think that the acid test could be when they release Zero in HD. I mean, remake itself was a very critically well received game by all accounts, and. Um, in many ways, you could argue that it wasn't surprising that it's done well, given the HD treatment. Zero, on the other hand, if that is received well and downloaded enormously, like Remake, then I think Capcom will certainly listen in going forward. The problem
5: with that, is, and this is the problem we always have when something else comes
1: out after something
5: else, is that follow-through effect. So if lots of people liked the HD version of Remake who hadn't played it before, or didn't play the old games, and they see there's a new... HD remake out, they'll probably pay and download that anyway. But the critical comment yeah. that comes after it that's more important because they may spend lots of money on it and then they are playing and go, this doesn't play like the other one. It's the iron boxes are gone and there's all this backtracking and and I don't know I don't understand what's going on. Like it'll be a lot, <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a lot more different I think in that respect. Hmm. The other part I was going to say about the the sales is I also saw it was. I mean, obviously it didn't break any records on the Xbox list, but it was the top paid download on the Xbox network as well. So it was like fifth overall, and the four things that were in front of it were either free games for the games with gold or free DLC. So it was the top paid content when it released as well on the
4: Xbox.
0: Hmm.
1: That's how easy it is, Capcom.
0: I think the success of it will definitely shape... I think what they do with the older games, not necessarily what they do with new titles, because, you know, however HD it is, it's still the actual format of the game is, is, is so um, in the past, just in terms of the fixed camera angles and, and that style of gameplay and that, that puzzle orientated. So I can't see it having a major effect on you know Resident Evil 7 or anything like that, but definitely I think it will have an effect on uh, what Capcom do with, the, with their back catalogue.
4: I hope people will reevaluate their opinion of Resident Evil Zero as well, because yeah, people clearly want that kind of experience again, and, and I think that's the closest you're gonna get.
5: It's that hindsight thing. Yeah, I do. I do agree. I mean, it's it's the same thing I've been seeing that I've been seeing more more recently about Resident Evil Five in light of Resident Evil Six and kind of how people were feeling like how Capcom been treating the mainline franchise. They're like, you know. Ah. 5 wasn't so bad in the end when, you know, it's a retrospective look and I think that's the same thing that kind of applies with the remake and probably with 0 as well if people actually get the chance to play it in HD they might go hey this isn't as bad as I remember or it's way better than I expected or it's exactly what I want yeah. not the new stuff
1: interestingly as well was the survey that came out that Capcom I've asked everyone to fill in it's quite long mm. um, and uh, it asks you Quite in-depth questions about how you feel about each individual game in the series, how you feel the series can improve going forward, and it's quite an interesting thing to put out. And that's know. on Resident Evil .net, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah.
5: Is it, is it finished now? I thought it's finished.
1: Yeah, I think. Is uh, it was, I finished I think now? It was February
4: nineteenth. Yeah. You had to do it by. Oh right, okay. Yeah. But it's still but interesting. Yeah, it was really really yeah.
5: indeed.
1: Well, look, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a good thing. I mean, it is the number one. IP for Capcom Resident Evil and they want it to be a success and we want it to be a success because we want to carry on playing games I think we're seeing a bit of a shift in Capcom I don't know whether I spoke about this last time but they've got um, two versions well they've got two Devil May Cry games releasing soon, they've got a a re-release of the DMC title and a special edition of Devil May Cry 4 and that almost feels like it's asking the community to support the one you want the most and, and that's the way we'll go with the series from now on it just seems strange that they're plucking out this game from the past in the wake of its reboot uh, you know it's almost like saying, you know if you want us to go with the classic Dante that everybody likes, support this title and then we'll go forward with that was dms well, I don't know about dms was it that a, t- a total reboot of the first one yeah, it had a completely mm-hmm. different. Uh, reimagining of Dante, it wasn't even the same character, it didn't even look the same. Oh, right. um, So a separate universe almost to the old... Yeah, Backcom. and it, it it caused a big divide amongst the, the fans who preferred the older style and the new. And it, uh, it, it just it, almost feels like Capcom have sort of hit this point in their development history where they're, they're having to actually listen to feedback now and... They've got no original ideas themselves it seems. Yeah. So they can't bring out any new IPs that are going to um, well, no, that's
5: that's not true either. I mean, they are still investing in new IPs, but they're taking longer than they expected. There's that one that they showed off. What What? I can't remember, what is it? Deep something? I can't remember. Oh, it's deep down. Been, deep down, thank you. Um, And that's just been delayed and delayed and delayed because probably the same reason, I think, is the issue across all this is that they don't know what to do. Like, they're trying to make this game in a particular style, but in the time it's taken them to, to develop that game, other games have been already released that were kind of more in that style already, and now they're like, oh... If we come out now, we're just going to look like a copy of that game, or people won't pay attention to it because it. You,
1: know, of... you know, the funny thing with Deep Down is, I think, it, you know, it's basically seen as like a, a Souls series clone, like Dark Souls, mm. and Legi- uh, Lords of the Fallen has come out, and it's not been that warmly received. So I think Capcom have looked at that probably and think you know we have to really bring our A game here because if we Exa- don't it's just exactly. compared against the Souls series and be forgotten
5: when, when it comes to like Devil May Cry I think the other issue was that the new DMC kind of almost to a certain degree and this is because they had their outside developers almost spat in the face a little bit of the old fans they kind of had that whole yeah. tease about the, the hairstyle and making jokes about it and the new Dante is pretty much just a dick Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just is that's his character he just acts arrogant the whole time, and there's no there's no real humour to it, it's just a lot of swearing and just arrogance, and um, that also kind of put off the old fans, and I can, so I can kind of understand why they wouldn't know where to go with that, and then you've got the same problem with Resident Evil, which is that they know they've got a set of fans who like the old style, they've probably got a set of
1: fans who like the new style, and they don't know which one they have yeah. to please more. But nothing nothing will have told them what people want more than the sales of the remake, and that's why I think it was really important that people supported it. Even so, if for some people you are triple dipping or, you know, it's, it was important. So, where does Revelations, which has itself become its own franchise or sub franchise, where does that fit in? Is, is it the complete halfway between old style and new style? I think until we've played the whole game, it's too hard to say. Yeah. All, you know, so many reviews have said the biggest problem with Revelations, too, is its episodic nature just as it's starting to really get going with the story, it's a tune-in next week. I
0: can't quite get my head around it. Am I missing something obvious as to what is in it for the video game company to to release things in this episodic way? I don't quite understand what the benefit is. In the marketing, it doesn't seem to have any, any benefit to the player.
4: They want people to buy it digitally, and then they want people to buy the disc with the extra stuff on.
0: Yeah.
5: When I asked about that, to
4: the producers,
5: the response I got, and I think I mentioned this last time, was just the idea of getting discussion going and having it spread out over weeks, which is probably a valid point, like that is probably going to happen, but I mean, essentially, if you guys end up doing a cast every time there's an episode, for example, then it will be over weeks for you, just for this alone, but the people on forums and stuff will be talking about it for weeks. I think that's going to backfire. I mean, that's me personally, because of the same problem, the same reason the reviewers are saying this is kind of problematic. I think people are just going to be like, once they play maybe the first episode or maybe the first couple they'll be like why didn't they just release this as a full game
0: like <laughs> or understand release it digitally earlier as the whole game but just in the episodic way like you say it just seems to be as you're just getting into the game it's it's, it's, it's like rationing your experience of it and not everyone's the same people you know want to kind of play through the game as quickly as possible and complete it as quickly as possible other people you know Do it a different way. It's um, it just seems to me to restrict the the gameplay experience rather than rather than expand it.
5: We talked about it last time as well. And the problem with this whole digital thing is that it's really got confusing marketing around the pre-order bonuses and extra content on the disc, and whether or not you go for the digital download or you wait for the disc version. And it's that as well. Only hampers this whole episodic thing even more because you don't know. Even if you wanted to have it episodically, what what way are you going to have it? Like, do do I pre-order it? Do I buy it now? Do I wait? While well, everyone else is playing it, like well, it's, it's not it, easy. It's
1: come out today in North America, and the, the first reviews have been trickling in. They seem to be fairly positive thus far, and, Romby, you said the Metacritic was about 75? Yeah,
5: the Xbox version I saw was
1: 75, okay. I didn't check the others, I should actually have a look. <laughs> but that that would almost, I suppose, correspond with what Revelations scored.
4: I uh, was flicking back on biohairs today to when the first Revelations game came out and the response from pretty much everybody on the forums was overwhelmingly positive they were saying oh it's just what we want you know after resident evil 5 it's the classic mix of old and new and everybody was praising the hell out of it and time hasn't been kind to it and no. i expect the same thing to happen here
1: we shall see we shall see i was going to
4: say 70 74 playstation 4 uh nothing
5: for pc yet uh nothing for ps3 I think for 360 and Xbox One 75, currently averaged. But mind you, it's only a small number of critics right now. It's about five
1: or six. Well, you can expect a lot of coverage from uh, the Project Umbrella podcast in relation to Revelations 2 in the next couple of weeks. I'll explain a bit more about that later. The final bit of news, uh, which quite quite, uh, quite certainly for our topic of the evening, is that Resident Evil 5 Gold Edition is coming to Steam. Yes. Resident
5: Evil 5 came out on PC. It was attached to the Microsoft Games for Windows platform, but that's now being shelved. And so a lot of the games have either... Some developers are no longer supporting the games because they're so old, but Capcom's been mostly moving its games across to Steam because it's an available platform. Resident Evil 5 is available on Steam. It already has been. But it didn't have any of the da- the PC version's never had the downloadable content yes. at all. Yeah. This is what's new. And this is what's making a lot of people happy who've had the game and are waiting for it. But of course they haven't made any announcements on how it's going to be distributed and what the costs will be, but it's coming because it's been there's been a patch and the
1: achievements have been updated to include uh, the DLC. I can't imagine it costs too much. I mean, even brand new on the PlayStation, the gold edition only cost about twenty quid. It'd be nice if it just updated to it. Which know, is a possibility. Sort of, It's probably not going to happen,
5: but it is a possibility.
1: That concludes all our Resident Evil news. Site news comes from Ridley again. Um, He's been updating his magazine database with the latest scans from Famitsu, showing off some of the non playable characters from Revelations 2. Gina Foley, Pedro Fernandez, Gabriel Chavez, and Neil Fisher. (laughs) Pedro! (laughs) Hey, Nick. Yes. You notice that the Thompson fellow's not among them, don't you? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> also, um, Ridley has kindly uploaded issue four of Biohazard Heavenly Island, which, feel f- feel free to do whatever you want to do with that. <laughs> 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 Gotta keep that going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, um Yeah, Nick, hang on, is the No Mahara Desire news? <laughs> no! <laughs> Not yet. But we do it's have being,
0: it's, it's being released in English, isn't it? They they I think the second
1: one's already out.
0: Oh Nick, well Where... <laughs> that that made the news last time. I, I thought that know. was
1: issue one. Yeah, you haven't talked about issue two yet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there we go folks. Issue two is being released in English. <laughs> so in case you still haven't played Resident Evil Six and don't know what's going on you cannot find out what's going to happen by, <laughs> by reading the prequel manga. So that concludes all our news.
5: It's okay. We're going to get out of here. Oh
3: my god. Run, Moira! I'm here,
2: baby. Please be alive. So you finally came.
3: To be afraid of yet. We have these uh, bracelets. Jesus, is anyone even out there?
2: Thanks, Barry. Don't be scared. See? We're like sisters. Where's Moira? What have you done with her? Run, run!
1: And what we're going to do now is have a quick discussion on the Revelations 2 launch trailer, which I hope everyone has had a view of. Um, I haven't seen it in English but I've seen it the Japanese version and what are now everyone's final expectations before release? I think it I think it's just, oh God, I, I I feel ashamed for saying this. I think it could be Alex Wesker. Ooh. I think it could be. I think I think the woman. glasses wearing woman in the reveal trailer is probably on the money. You can still have, have Dorothy Lester, Lester 500 100. 100. <laughs> <laughs> at five hundred to one. Or I Thompson at one thousand. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till I pick up that first file at midnight when I start playing it, and it says an A Thompson. I would no, say with the Wesker stuff in the trailer, I just think there's a Wesker connection there somewhere, and the only Wesker thing they've got left to do is the Wesker children. yeah, I think he
4: looks quite young in that picture, so I think it's a picture of Alex Albert and Spencer ah. some sometime in the early nineteen nineties, but obviously Alex and Albert don't know their significance to each other at that point. My thoughts on the trailer is, at least Capcom is consistent
5: with spoiling its games in the final <laughs> release trailer before it comes out. <laughs> this has happened for the last few of them. The trailer does... I mean, if that's a tyrant, then yippee.
4: <laughs> Can't wait. I think we can look definitively say that Uroboros is back as well. Mm. <laughs> Uroboros. Which I, I think is a good thing, really, because I think... It helped Resident Evil 4 enormously when they brought the Plagas back for Resident Evil 5. And I think if we're to have Uroboros in another game, it won't seem so throwaway, because it just seems like we've had a lot of viruses recently that just turn up for one game and are never heard from again.
5: And especially if it ties into this kind of story that is branching essentially off 5 a lot anyway, which just seems to be the case, because yeah. we keep seeing all these hints and references to the events of that game, so um. it only adds to it.
4: And if that woman is Alex Wesker, then she'd obviously be able to adapt to Ouroboros as well.
2: Mm. Yes,
4: of course. Sorry, you see that quick shot of the tentacles sort of grabbing Moira, as if someone's controlling them. And that quick shot of the tyrant you get as well, it looks like Ouroboros is taking over that tyrant as well, so I'm looking forward to it now, I really am.
1: Member Dusk Gollum on the Project Umbrella Forums tells us that Jill Valentine is a playable character in raid mode. Yeah, screenshots have come out
4: today someone posted on bio here that um matthew mercer's names in the credits as well so leon mm. leon might be in raid mode as well
0: yeah i think i don't know if they were mistaken with matthew mercer because i got a message from someone telling me that they saw the name in the credits for the voice actor for steve steve's va oh. from dark side chronicles no <laughs>
1: no <laughs> steve steve yeah
0: yeah, but I don't know if maybe I don't know if they saw Matthew Mercer, maybe they, were, they mistook that with Mercer. I don't know. But no, I just got that message today that Steve they saw Steve's VA pop up in the credits.
5: Who was the voice actor for
0: Death um, Let me see if they in the message.
4: I know the uh, the IMDb page had Steve Burns and Alexia Ashford in the cast. Oh. Someone always likes to do that to piss about. with <laughs> And you and he's going t- come
3: back from the dead again. <laughs> <Or> whatever
4: <laughs> the hell it is, I can't
1: remember the line, but oh I'd say what though playable Alexia form one would be quite fun, wouldn't it? It's just mucking around with that like, sticking out of the hands and going fire. The, the,
5: the, the Steve I... thing might actually make sense for the. For raid mode, because you've got the clear connection, there's already references to the events of Code Veronica and
1: dialogue if, that I've seen. Uh, so. if, if they, they flash back s- to the Dark Side Chronicles version of events, <sighs> then um, yeah, you will hear of a suicide in, in Lincolnshire. But <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> well, it depends what they do. I think there's a, a small amount which is okay to flashback from no is there nothing none none of Darkseid Chronicles Nick unless you like Ada firing rocket powered lipsticks
0: it's from it's from the Oracle Dragon she says here Sam Regal is that the chap Sam Regal
1: You're the voice person, George, you know.
0: Uh, Well, not not when it comes to Dark Side Chronicles. Uh, I live in the past. um,
4: (laughs) 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 Speaking of flashbacks, though, do you reckon we're going to get some Wesker flashbacks in this? Because I can't imagine they'd hire DC Douglas just to record raid mode sounds, considering they must already have him on file for mercenaries and...
5: I live on through Ouroboros.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah,
5: they, they, I, I think they try and get fresh dialogue I guess for I'm um, just looking at that list for Dark Star Chronicles yes, Sam Regal or he was credited as Samuel Regal but yeah he yeah. was the uh, voice in Dark So Chronicles so if oh, he wasn't the credits but I mean that may mean they've just reused him for that character or maybe he's got just they've just cast him for something else
4: because yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's uh, true I think Crispin Freeman, who played Frederick Downing in Resident Evil: Degeneration, is playing the uh, the head of TerraSave. Is it Neil Fisher, the guy who turns oh, up cool. in the intro? I think that's uh, Crispin Freeman who plays him.
1: I hope there's good oh. mention of Degeneration. I mean, the fact that they brought <coughs> in back TerraSave just when you think the dialogue couldn't get worse. There is a Claire Sandwich reference. Oh no no no! I joked that last. No, I joked that last week. No, no isn't it is actually in there.
5: I think the context makes it a little bit better. If it was just that line for no reason, it probably would be really, really crazy. But at least like the fact that she gets a response. So Barry's been telling you that story as well, like as if it was like something that he tells everyone about. So funny. He's <laughs> like his <laughs> party piece. Fifteen years ago.
1: But he doesn't even say it in remote.
5: No, that's what? the thing.
1: It was the thing I said to someone as Any well longer, like, you'd have fit inside a sandwich. Oh, is that what you, Oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, he doesn't say
5: the original version, but this is the thing there's, there's a disconnect between the uh, humour of the original voice acting from the 1996 version that everyone remembers and the version that they used, which is the 2002 one, and then the storyline kind of references the 1996 dialogue more than it does the mm. 2002 one because the English, like, everyone's, I don't think everyone's a fan of the original, but obviously it's, these lines are well known, the ones that Barry spouted out in 1996. Fairy. There's probably gonna be a Master of Unlocking reference somewhere, no doubt as well and probably all sorts of other ones.
4: And the woman with the blonde hair in the trailer. I mean, I don't mean to offend people, but I've been on certain forums and people are convinced it's Rachel Foley from Revelations because of the hair, or it's Lisa Trevor from Resident Evil 1 who the mansion explosion caused her to regain a human appearance.
3: No
0: one's said that. You yeah, have not have, read, that. read that. I've read that. Really? You Go
4: on, oh wow. <laughs> go on places like Neil Gaff, there is scary people out there. <laughs> you can tell the, they genuinely believe it as well the same kind of people who once described Wesker as a super-stealth tyrant. (laughs) But yeah, Wesker children, Tricell, 15 years of Barry, backstory, Uroboros, tyrants, bring it on. And all the references on top of it as well, the ones that we don't even know yet. In five weeks' time, we'll be sitting here, and it'll be some throwaway villain who's framed Terror Save because he wants to show how dangerous (laughs) bioterrorism is to the world. Yes, I can imagine... For for the fifth time in a row.
1: (laughs) The podcast title will be Episode Twenty Seven: What Went Wrong, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we can will be dissecting the entire game as affluently as we can. That's what I want to talk about: Revelations Two, because our main discussion of the evening is the downloadable content that is lost in nightmares.
2: Years ago, the BSAA received intel as to the whereabouts of Umbrella's founder, Oswell E. Spencer. Jill and I were ordered by the BSAA's European headquarters to apprehend him. We accepted that mission in the hopes of uncovering some info that would lead us to Wesker. Chris to HQ, come in. We're at the target's location. Copy
3: that, Chris. Move in and procure the target. Roger that. What can you tell us about the area? The satellite scan isn't showing anything out of the ordinary, but regardless, you should expect the unexpected.
2: Understood. We're in. Let's move.
1: So, uh, George Trevor, I know you've been calling for a separate podcast in Lost in Nightmares since time began. And you have your wish. I will start with you on your brief views on what makes this a near perfect Resident Evil experience.
0: Yeah, um, can I start by saying missed opportunity? <laughs> you can. Um, There's so much specific points about this game I thought would be ideal to take the series forward, just specifically the combat, the extra orientation on combat, but not just going forward, you know, blind combat, but actually combat, you know, with a specific method. So, you know, with the blob, you've got that whole uh, procedure with the cranks and, and crushing them. And that was really intense. Um, and and I find that really tense and unnerving that those battles, and then the the choice at the beginning of having fixed camera angle or or, or not, so I I just don't understand why that that almost was like a throwaway little Easter egg for just Lost in Nightmares, and I just thought would have been absolutely ideal for you know expanding the audience, keeping the older and the new players. So I thought it more than any other game since it married the two styles perfectly.
4: Batman? Well, for me, I enjoyed it as a game, but for me it was all about the story, because as soon as you step into that mansion and it flashes up the Spencer estate, you think, well, this is what we've been waiting for for so long. You're in this house that belongs to Spencer. There's probably all kinds of Umbrella secrets in here. You know, Wesker's around here somewhere. It was just, you know, you'd been building up to that, really, ever since the arguably the original game. But in terms of the DLC itself, I thought it was great. It was just a little bit short very atmospheric, I loved the files, I just wish there was a few more rooms in the mansion you could go into, you know, just a few more optional sort of drawing rooms and bedrooms and things like that, but uh, yeah, I, I loved it really, I, could, I just echo George's opinion.
5: Uh, Romby? I mean, I, I, what I what I remember the most about it, I mean it's been a few years that I've played it, but it, it is just the fact that the whole thing was like a, a love letter to the original games, music references, dialogue references, file references... Just the whole thing felt like an actual labor of passion about the origins of the franchise, which tied this as exactly what we we're just talking about. The, the two, almost the two ends of the spectrum, like the original story and the, this latest DLC kind of in one hole. And, um, I just remember being really impressed by it. And, and it was, it was, a, it, it should have been a perfect example of how to move forward because the game is tense and there's limited ammunition and yeah. It, it's a very very well designed piece of DLC. I I, I don't know what else to say about it.
1: <laughs> uh, Starstone, we discussed this last time, but I mean I, I just thought it was just a phenomenal piece of DLC. Arguably still the best piece of DLC you know in gaming sort of history. I, I, you know it was very cheap. It didn't cost really anything to buy. Um, and although it is only an hour long, it's one of the finest hours of the series, irrespective of. You know, what playstyle it decided to go with. I think the camera angles really make it feel like a, um, you know, a wonderful homage to the times of old. And the only criticism I have about it is the fact that it really should have been released, as I've said before, as a, like a cheap playable prologue that they could have released a month or two prior to five to give the community a chance to experience Jill being gone. From a marketing point of view, it would have been really good if we'd had it before 5. But then that you might have gone in thinking, why isn't 5 more like this?
5: Sometimes? This is what I was about to say. Is that I think that's a brilliant idea, except for the fact that I know so many people would have been so disappointed if they'd gone <laughs> yeah. from there to what 5 was. It would have just been so much more crushing, I think.
1: Especially after that, the first kind of teaser trailer for Resident Evil 5, which it showed it didn't show a lot that much, but it, it kind of gave a good atmospheric impression of what it was going to be like. And then, um, you know, we, we just saw the kind of shadows of the zombies walking and then running suddenly in the kind of desert setting. Yeah, I think you're right. It could have been slightly, almost like a total middle finger up to fans what for five was going to be like. But, I mean, that, that leads on nicely, I suppose, if you're talking about the kind of plot uh, in, in trying to deal with the apparent death of Jill Valentine. Um, sadly, the, the fact that she wasn't dead was well telegraphed within the game. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, within the opening... The opening movie of Resident Evil Five, you realised that she's not dead.
5: I I don't even think it was the opening movie. I remember probably a couple weeks before it came out. Must have been one upped to like a week of Resident Evil Five coverage, and their and their title picture was like Chris kneeling in front of her grave, and I was just like, yeah, she's not going to be dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, obviously the game Lost Nightmares is set three years before Resident Evil Five, and in in many ways, it's not really related to to what you kind of go through in Resident Evil Five. It's just purely the uh, the premise of setting up the reveal that Jill is alive and Wesker has her and is now controlling her. I mean, in retrospect, what did everyone think of, of that aspect of the plot or the reveal of Spencer?
4: Well, what I wanted out of Lost in Nightmares was um, more information on the, the Wesker programme. Because I don't know where it came from, but because a lot of Resident Evil 5 was spoiled before release, but I don't think anybody was expecting such a game-changer about that particular character. And I'd, I'd love to ask the writers... What the thinking behind it was, because part of me wonders if because they were obviously planning to kill off Wesker, who was the you know the staple villain of the series for the previous how many years? Well, right since the beginning, really. And I'm wondering if it was just kind of an insurance policy at the time, yeah, as if to say, yeah, we can bring him back if we need to. But then that made no sense when six came out because they decided to ignore Alex Wesker and go for his son instead.
0: Yeah, because I, I thought that was quite extraordinary at the time that for like, just one file in a DLC. Like, like like Bat says, just such a significant, dramatic change to the whole, you know, Resident Evil canon.
1: If Revelations Two can finish by having a, like an eleventh hour reveal that um, Jake is actually Alex's son, then it will be the best game in the series. <laughs> 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 that would work, wouldn't it? That would work so much better. Yeah, I think it would because it's... It's just too unrealistic to think that Wesker could just, has in Albert, just had a fling one time and spawned this sun. It's just, mm. it's nonsense, it really is. I think one of the big things, obviously, with Lost in Nightmares was the fact that for the first time we saw Spencer, and not just in a portrait. Didn't Nick? Yeah. He's not shown in Lost in Nightmares. Oh no, of course he's not. It's the cutscene, isn't it, in Resident Evil 5? Oh yes, mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but I, I suppose <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's still within the same setting, I suppose.
4: You mean, he, he was sort of revealed through through the files you read, his memoirs, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, his butler, butler as well,
1: his ballet, yeah. yeah. I always took the view that it was slightly anticlimactic, Spencer, considering his build-up. I kind of like it, though. Yeah, I, I, I quite I, like the fact I, that he, after all these years and all this scheming, he's just reduced to being a frail, bitter old man in a European retreat somewhere and he basically just gets the dog's death, doesn't he, after yeah. it all?
2: Well, that was the
5: one question I had, had about it, because I remember there's the butler's file, and he talks about how he, he got the butler to leak the information for, for him to be found, but it's never really explained as to why, other than potentially for Wesker to learn more about his background. Is that what his intent was? I, I was never really quite sure about that. Like, he set up his own demise,
4: it mm. came across to me as just desperation, because he'd yeah. lost Alex, and I think his last throw of the dice was to get Albert back and try and convince him to...
1: Help him with the immortality. Yeah, yeah <laughs> explain who
4: he was, because he obviously explained to Alex who he was, and then got Alex to join Umbrella and, and lead the programme. And I think he was trying to do the same with Albert, because you he, he can tell in his mm. files how desperate he's getting, because he's getting older and he's getting more frail.
0: Yeah, and there's that desperation as well in, in him saying that he's now going to turn to his butler, and he, he basically resorts to using his butler as, as his chief scientist
4: yeah but in terms of his reveal, i mean what did you guys think of his ultimate reveal of you know of what his plans were because obviously there was a big sort of cliffhanger from wesker's report too about why he was doing this because wesker you know talks about through his whole umbrella career really about how he could never figure out spencer and what his true motivations were and how they'd like perfected the t-virus in the mid-80s but spencer wanted them to keep going but it was never explained why until obviously all this reveal about the immortality virus and the Wesker program and whatnot.
0: Mm. So I thought it was it wasn't that original. It was quite generic, but at the same time, it it, it worked well, didn't it? It fitted it, the
1: character. It, it made yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Especially with everything you found out about the Afro branch of Umbrella and what what the original goal of Progenitor was. And although I I still find his reveal slightly anticlimactic. Um, I think the the saving grace was that at least you didn't have to fight him mm. because it, I, I think it would oh. have been a bit awful if he had mutated into god knows what and just formed the staple villain yeah
5: Yeah, i was going to say that would be the real cliche but i mean as i said i
1: I still i still found the
5: motivation slightly confusing and only because i i think maybe maybe that's my expectations i never expect whisker to be that sort of character that wasn't gonna he'd already turned on the on him and the organization once there's no chance he was going to get him back so i just never quite understood why he tried to convince him to come back just new menu sense, but yeah, you're right in that sense as well, with the, at least his demise wasn't the, the cliche usually, yes. turned into a giant monster thing either.
1: Isn't there something programming as part of the Wesker children to seek out Spencer?
4: Yeah, it was just, so, I mean, yes. there's a lot of misconceptions with the Wesker program, I mean, people you hear people talking about clones and how yeah. they were injected with the progenitor mm-hmm. virus when they were kids, and, and that's just not true. You know,
2: there yeah, was When so-
1: Wesker says he was manufactured, he doesn't mean in a, you know,
4: Yeah.
2: He just Quote means stable. in the way that his
1: life has been shaped. Mm. His, his life is manufactured, in a sense.
4: Because people have looked at that picture from the Resident Evil 2 trailer and said, oh, no, it's not Albert, it's another Wesker child. But there's no reason why any of the Wesker children w- would look the same. No, no. They,
1: all, all they had, were, they were specialist people, i.e. Super intelligence or whatnot. Yeah. And doesn't the name Wesker derive from one of the original scientists? That Yeah, and all they were done as children
4: was they were given sort of privileged educations and they were sort of conditioned to sort of seek out Spencer when they were older.
1: And at some point in their life they would have had, they would have been subjected to the uh, trap trap. The, the progenitor virus, was that, that was always?
4: Well there was just that the variant virus that they were given sometime around 98 but I'm, I'm not sure if it was just the 13 candidates that I mentioned on the computer who got through to that stage where they were given the virus.
1: Because mm. there's questions as to how much Birkin knew about it
4: Yeah. as I mean, well. I personally don't believe Birkin knew what it was. I just think Spencer gave it to him and said, right, make sure Wesker takes this. It does this.
1: I always went down at an idea that Birkin did know, and they both were aware. Which they sort of use it against Spencer to be able to fake the death of Wesker, and both of them leave the organisation or attempt to.
4: Yeah, but I mean, I can see where you're going. The only reason I'd say no to that is because I don't think Spencer would tell anybody what his true intentions were.
1: Yeah, very good point.
5: I was going to say the idea of the conditioning and stuff obviously tells you as well that he expects that he's going to, to leave the organisation as well Like, Yeah
1: Yeah yeah. I mean the discussion between Wesker and Birkin in Zero are quite explicit as to what he wants to do and Birkin's not trying to stop him going what are you doing, surely you're loyal to Umbrella you yeah. know it's not Because
4: yeah. Birkin doesn't even want to leave does he because he wants to finish the G-Virus
1: Yeah exactly so, but obviously he he doesn't see Wesker as, as a um, potential threat to that uh, equally he doesn't blame Wesker for the outbreak in the Art Clay facility, so I, I, su- I suppose, you know, if he's given orders from up top to um, to give him this, it kind of suits both their purposes at the same time mm. but then um, I, I would have thought Wesker would have um, Birkin would have asked quite a few questions I mean, is, is it slightly coincidental that at the same time of Wesker wanting to betray the company that he's given a an experimental virus that well, lo and behold should bring him back from dead mm. but when tested on animals it doesn't
4: well, I think that was more of a coincidence, really, because I think Spencer didn't give him the virus knowing he was about to leave the company. He gave him the virus to see if he could obviously adapt to it. I think the fact that Wesker was planning on betraying Umbrella and using that virus to fake his death was just a coincidence.
5: I'm, not you convinced. Think? I mean, I'm convinced that the timing was probably a coincidence, but I get the feeling that Spencer knew that at some point he would try and do this, like try and leave the company, because there's that, that whole reason for the inbuilt trying to seek him out, regardless of whether or not he's in the organisation or, or not.
4: But I just feel if, I think Sergei Vladimir had his doubts because he obviously turns up at the training facility during Umbrella Chronicles and tries to kill him essentially. But I just feel like if everybody in Umbrella thought that Wesker was going to betray them, I don't think they would have trusted him with the mm. X Day protocol mm. at the mansion. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's always an interesting area in terms of timeline because they don't give you a specific date as to when this the Spencer's plan was put into into motion. No. And there's no guarantee that, of course, it would work, because a lot of the Wesker children had died, had not they, already? So he didn't know that it was going to adapt.
4: It, it comes across to me, anyway, that the whole T-virus project was just... I don't think Spencer was interested in biological weapons. It was just all about trying to create this perfect virus that would help him create this race of superhumans.
1: Mm. It's all, yeah, it, it was all a front and a way of making substantial money to fund his research. But then, what research was he doing? We didn't have any... Was it just funding Alex Wesker throughout all this time?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, we don't know when Alex Wesker... Because at some point, he must just be another candidate, just like Albert. And then at some point, Spencer's obviously told him his true origins because he's put in charge of the project. And I think there's a... Is it dated August 98 in Resident Evil 5? When he... Alex Wesker writes that file saying something like, Albert's death reduced the quota down to 18% or something. And I've I've always wondered why... Because I think archives 2 confirms that Wesker the original researcher and Alex Wesker are different people yes so i've always wondered why spencer would tell alex the truth about his background because it's never really made sense to me why he would do that because do you know that, when that when, when that
5: happened like we as don't far know, as we, do we, we don't
4: we don't know when it happened no, but that august 98 date he alex wesker's working in the information department of umbrella um so is it
5: after that
4: well, I don't. I don't know exactly when Alex Wesker joined Umbrella, but he was obviously in charge of the program then, and he was monitoring Albert Wesker during the Mansion incident. Maybe uh, it was for the purposes of Spencer not wanting the same thing happening again that
5: had already happened with Albert. Maybe that, that he was aware of the fact that he was trying to leave the company. He's obviously doesn't who he thinks he's dead, but that he was also trying to steal company information.
4: Possibly, yeah. But uh, it's my personal theory as well, as that's why Alex betrayed Spencer in the end, because he found out he was a Wesker child. Yeah. Because it breaks that sort of subliminal programme. Uh, it mentions in the Wesker file in Resident Evil 5 that all <laughs> Wesker children are designed to sp- seek Spencer out, but once they actually find him and find out what his intentions are, it breaks that hold.
1: And Surely Alex would have gone, why do I happen to have the same surname as... Well, yeah. Albert. I mean, it's not, not exactly Smith, is it? Yeah. There isn't really any other explanation
0: given because in that file in Lost in Nightmares, there's just that sudden unexplained break of contacts, you know, between Spencer and, and the islands where Alex is doing all his research. And, and reading that file, it just seems to me apparent that something dramatic's happened. And, you know, other than finding out his true sort of origins, I can't think what else would have, you know, caused such a dramatic, you know, disappearance. Well, well you know, we don't, we're not quite sure what happens.
4: This is what I'm hoping to get from Revelations 2, if that woman is Alex Wesker. Because this is obviously set uh, five or six years after Alex betrayed Spencer. And it's obviously not the same island is on. She's on, sorry. So uh, hopefully we'll get some more files and hopefully we'll get some more references to Spencer to
1: sort of fill in the gaps. It's a big hope. It's a big ask, I feel.
0: I mean, has, has there been any, has anyone kind of further discussed, well, didn't one of the developers, the main developer for Revelations, say that there was that sort of Easter egg for, uh, for, for the older fans, a particular character that would have been, you know, unknown to all, all but the very diehard fans?
2: Yeah,
1: we discussed that previously, and I, I think right. I, I commented that <laughs> I, I suspect what Capcom considers the hardcore fan to be very different to what we consider to be the hardcore fan. What we I do it, is I said that at the <laughs> <laughs> no, that's
5: I, I, as i said the last time as well i think i think hardcore to them is to the level of someone who could pick out a good number of the things hidden in the original tra- announcement trailer that was the live action one if you could pick out several of those you'd be considered
4: probably hardcore but fair play to the fan base though like people have come up with massive theories about how this woman is uh, Jenny Kay from Resident Evil 5 this one woman who's apparently oh, a returning oh. character and she's just that's all the mention you get of her is just a name she's just yeah. an umbrella employee who's missing yeah.
0: I think, yeah, I think she because that came up in a quiz question and I, yeah. I only know because I devised it to make it as hard as possible She, she's the only I think is she the only employee that's not listed as dead or yeah. Or, or she's the only one that's kind of a whereabouts unknown.
4: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Capcom won't have a clue who she is. but <laughs> no, fair play. You know, so many fans have picked her out, and fair play and to them. That, and, wow.
5: and that's and that's uh, uh, hoping that as well that it was that the name was translated correctly. If it was, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. well,
5: that, there's no information missing that was actually about the character's demise. Yeah, I tell you is what, it, though, right?
4: I mean, I only just noticed this the other day, but when In all the build-up to Resident Evil 6, when everybody thought Derek Simmons was Alex Wesker, one of the Wesker children's actually called Derek, and I've only just clocked that. And I'm surprised nobody came up with any conspiracy theories about that. At least not that I can remember, anyway.
1: Isn't there the hope that, especially, I know we're talking about Lost and Nightmares, but with Revelations 2, that it's it's going to kind of wrap up a lot of these plot holes and whatnot, in the same way that perhaps Resident Evil 5 did with all the previous storylines?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, if you take away... Ada and what she's truly up to, the only sort of long-standing plotline you've got left is Alex Wesker and, and whether he or she did create this immortality virus and, and what they've done with it.
1: Mm. It would be nice if there is talk of where, yeah whether they did succeed with the progenitor because then we would have references and files back to you know the, the African facility, the use of Sonatrap trap and all, all the things like that which would for the, for a lot of fans feel actually is the series coming together here.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm personally looking for.
1: The problem is there's always, and
5: we mentioned it many times, there's always that cycle in it. it like, people make those jokes about the Sonic cycle, about things repeating, and they get their hopes up, and then the game comes out and they're disappointed. The same thing happens with Resident Evil. People start seeing the trailers and what's being released. They come up with these crazy theories. Some of them are more wackier than others, and then when the game comes out, it never meets any of the theories because it's completely not what anyone expects. <laughs> and then the whole cycle starts again.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: The other problem, I think, I don't know if I'm understanding this right, but with its place in the timeline, it's obviously going to be quite restricted in terms of, I mean, any immortality virus or anything that, you know, would have had a major effect on on, on the events of Resident Evil 6. So, you know, it's kind of restricted and and it can't, you know, produce anything particularly significant that wasn't going to then reverberate, you know, in in RE6. Mm.
4: I don't know. It's it's interesting. Every time I play Rost in Nightmares and I stand in Spencer's study and read them files, you know, I always wonder what Alex Wesker's doing. So hopefully they're going to address that now.
5: I wanted to ask on that question as well. Like, how does everyone feel about Lost and Obviously, some of it, like people pointed out, some of the environments of the the DLC obviously come hard back to the early versions of Resident Evil 4. And obviously, this, some of this may be ideas that had been intended for Spencer and Spencer maybe Spencer's demise or parts to do with Wesker back then. Does anyone have any thoughts on on that?
4: I think some environments of 3.5 were used. Yeah. Yeah. The outside courtyard, certainly.
1: Ridley put up a lot of comparison picks, and they are literally the same locations, just ported in. Yeah. But does does that have any
5: impact, do you think, on how the content was shaped for the DLC? Like, they may have... Other than environments, there might have been original plans for like maybe the monster designs or what they were going to having Spencer involved, obviously, or anything like that.
0: Well, the, the environments that from 3.5 weren't really part of a, of a wider context, were they? Because they were more just part of a gameplay, you know, experimental gameplay. So, and the other build of 3.5 was just was, was Leon hallucinating. So, other than the environments, I don't think there was a lot they could have taken from, from there.
4: Yeah, I don't think Wesker was originally in 3.5 either.
0: He was in the well, in the fog build, the very yeah. first version.
5: This is where I think these some of these assets actually date back to, because there was the whole castle environment there, and like certain stone structures, and obviously some of that went on after they'd already done that uh, initial ideas that for the version that became Devil May Cry as well, because they had all those kind of castle environments as well
0: there was that whole Im- immortality virus there was this wasn't there that there was this body that had this immortality virus in it
4: yeah Kara, um, Kawamura who wrote Resident Evil 3 originally wrote this and his progenitor backstory was the found a fossilized human yeah uh, on this island which apparently gave you superhuman powers and I think it was meant to be revealed that Spencer was 100 years old or something yeah but I, I much prefer the what they went with in Resident Evil 5 to be honest Mm, with the plant
0: yeah that, I mean yeah, everything about Resident Evil 5 the actual narrative was fantastic
1: it's a shame they didn't make more of it with the plant in 5 but you would have thought that as the precursor to all the other city viruses that have ever been found you would have think it would have been like the holy grail to research it further on today. yeah, yeah the files sell that quite well with Marcus within 5 but oh. I would have thought going onwards that's that's the only thing I would say. You know, I'm surprised Wesker didn't want to ensure that if he had an endless supply of boros he could harness the uh, progenitor virus. And um, you know, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I, would, I would thought. And even the C virus, if they're making lots of C virus, you know, it, its base is still progenitor at the end of the day.
4: Well, I suppose once he perfected Ouroboros though, he didn't need progenitor anymore. Mm. And I don't know if the C virus has progenitor in it or not. I don't know if it's just a mixture of the T veronica and the G virus. I'm not really an expert on on the innards of the viruses.
1: But both of them, of course, are still based on the progenitor. So, mm. I don't, it's the raw material almost of these viruses. And I'd have thought it would have. Um... But yeah, I, I like where it's go. I like where it went with that.
4: Going back to Lost in Nightmares, I mean, we talk about hardcore fans and what they want, and I think a lot of us are easily pleased because as soon as you start reading them files and you get mentions back to James Marcus and Edward Ashford and you know,
5: it's it's, it's not even on that level as I was saying when we first started talking. about it. I mean, just just the the intro has that style. It takes you straight back to the that to, took you back straight back to the remake. It, you know. There's playful kind of dialogue between Chris and Jill about being in you know back in Raccoon City eight years earlier. There's, you know, just those alone, just that dialogue kind of helps set up a tone as well. It's not, and those files only continue to add to it. It's, it's there's a, there's an entire atmosphere there that Capcom should be have be taking notice of for, for other games because if they released an entire game in that style, I'd, I'd love to play it. Mm, it's
1: just a shame there's so much cut dialogue. Mm. which you can hear online if you search on YouTube. You can, you can. What about the blobs? No, that was a quiz question last week. Or the <laughs> Guardians of Insanity. Again, a bit of a mystery about them. We don't know what they are. They look to have G-Virus traits. They are mutated and ill-tempered. Sorry, <laughs> 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 Austin Powers. <laughs> um, and I, I just wondered, I think, with this, I mean, we, we've we've often talked about the kind of over-the-shoulder camera angle, and whether actually the kind of traditional zombie haunted mansion situation can work with bog standard zombies. That hasn't happened yet. But it did work very well with quite an overpowered baddie, mm. such as the Blobs. They have
4: a look oh. of Lisa Trevor to me.
1: Yeah. Mm. So
4: yeah. I just think I think just endless progenitor experiments.
5: Part of why that worked as well is the environments that are chosen are quite enclosed, but they mm. have kind yeah. of multiple paths within the small environment so you can kind of backtrack and try and escape or you basically feel like you're kind of it's the, the nemesis effect you're constantly being hunted but at least you've got a little bit of open space to play with but you not too much that you it feels too easy
1: if you um play on professional and they start chasing you around the mansion section is really good hmm. I wonder if anyone's played I haven't played it, but Alien Isolation, is it a similar sort of effect? Oh, that's absolutely that's phenomenal, funny. that game. It's awesome. <laughs> absolutely that's awesome. So, it's so hard. But it's it, for the first time since, I don't know, ever. probably the Ridley oh. Scott's original film, That Creature is Scary Again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, It has got an easy mode, I think. You'll be alright. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so I, I think I think you're right. There is there's, there's, it's clearly a nod to Lisa Trevor, and I think if Lisa Trevor was permanently stalking you around the mansion in Resident Evil, you would it would uh, you know it'd be quite difficult to overcome. At the same time, it also uh, it kind of harkens back to Crimson Heads as well, mm. uh, adding that kind of different element to uh, the mansion. Um, I mean, you do get some zombies, don't you, in Lost in Nightmares, just in the in, in the cells, but they're not really much of a not much of a challenge. Yeah, like the emaciated humans. Yes, yeah, they're, they're barely <clears throat> alive slash dead. So I, I, I wonder if they ever take on board perhaps the popularity of Lost in Nightmares amongst fans and the recent success of Remake, whether they would actually, if they wanted to do a kind of Haunted Mansion type setting again, claustrophobic, whether they would be forced to have quite slow, cumbersome, but overpowered enemies rather than just zombies that usually take two to three hits. Um, just to try and you know, up the anti up the uh, the scare factor and the, the kind of claustrophobic feel.
4: I think in fairness to Capcom though, with with this particular DLC they were restricted in certain respects because of the story placement. Because I suppose you could have had another T virus outbreak at the mansion and had zombies running round, but that would have been a bit you know, a bit cliched. And
5: and why is Spencer hanging around in this mansion
1: by
4: himself with a bunch of zombies exactly, outside that yeah. just end up I mean obviously they needed to have some enemies. And I think,
1: they do have the guards that Wesker's killed. Yeah,
4: I think what they came up with is quite good because I think they don't even appear in the mansion, do they not? Unless you're playing in at least hard mode.
5: Yeah, well, at least one of them turns up. Invader, yeah. yeah, Veteran, yeah. Usually um, around but, the uh, piano room, I think he appears. Yeah, and the other the other thing was the the mo level as well is 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 at a perfect level to the difficulty. Like there's just enough if you play correctly on certain difficulties. Like there's the balance is really good yeah and it makes use of like the melee attack that you have um quite well because if you knock them enough or hit them in their weak spot on the back then they will drop to the knee giving you an extra hit with not having to use ammo but it's not a hugely powerful it's just an extra hit basically
0: yeah i was just going to make the point again about about the ammo and just the fact that, that you had quite a few difficulty levels with it as well, so you know you, you could just ma- match your own preference that way. And I re- remember thinking in hard mode, you, you really have to think, and, and, and it really is quite a challenge uh, with the limited ammo to, to complete the game, uh, to kill all the blobs as well, and to complete the game on hard on hard mode.
1: It's good though, as you say, it makes you think, makes you think, you know, how much ammo have I got left? Even with two mm. players as well, you know, um, you're, you're, you're constantly thinking. And as I said, that takes you back to the, the good old days pre-Resident Evil 4, where sadly in Resident Evil 4 you didn't even think about ammo.
4: And obviously the yeah. blobs are a one-hit kill, aren't they? So you've got to keep an eye on your, your AI partner as well, mm. which adds an extra element.
1: I think that was quite good of partner use, uh, more so than perhaps even Zero, which just got a bit frustrating at the end of the end of the day. But yeah, I, I think that, 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 that works quite well, because obviously Jill, or whoever you played as, did fight back and did help, but as you said, because it, it is a one-hit kill, it's uh, it's something extra to think about as you're going through, making sure they're up to date on health and things like that.
0: See, you know, I just thought I-, I won't go on about it, but I just really thought that the combat, the way that that combat was structured with the blobs in the sewers. Was to me is just how Resident Evil combat should be for all those that love their weapons. You, you know, you're thinking about what what guns to use and what ammo to use, but it's uh, it's not quite straightforward and it's really unnerving. You know, luring them under those those spiked blocks and then having to get out of the way and and obviously they color coded the cranks, so uh, you have to think about your your route and, and your strategy. And um, I just can't believe they don't they didn't utilise that just general principle for combat in, in other in other Resident Evil games.
1: It's great. If you play it without the map, you, um, you get a really tense survival horror experience. If you play yeah. it with the map, you get a horror version of Pac-Man. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> without the map, do you still get the audio clue that
5: they're following you? It yeah, up?
1: you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. Okay, um, so we've got the um, a, a lot of the files are Batman mentioned earlier about mentions of the original founders Marcus and Bailey and um, Edward Ashford as well. For DLC, I was just
0: really blown away just playing it again tonight. Just reminding me and the references to you know to, to a young Marcus and um, from Spencer's school days and just so many back references that I was never expecting.
4: One nice little twist I liked on Spencer's character, I think I mentioned this before, is the way he's spent his entire career backstabbing people and killing his friends, but when it comes to his butler, his loyal butler, who's been with him for 60 years, he just decides to just let him go. (laughs) I I thought that was quite
5: a really nice little touch. I remember reading that and going, wow, he didn't kill him? Mm. Or sit demise him in the basement? Or test him (laughs) or something?
0: (laughs) I was wondering about a mistranslation because I was reading that far this evening, and it is—it's all very abrupt because one minute Spencer, in desperation, is—is—is is, is using the butler as his is his you know number two head researcher, and then I think is it the, the next letter you read, and suddenly he's just totally dispensed with him without without any reason given. Um, I don't know if that's around the time that Spencer then decides to contact, um, make contact with Albert. I
4: think it is, yeah, because he asked, I think. Patrick's last task was to sort of find Albert and let him know where the mansion was. Leave him there but don't leave him there specifically. Yeah.
0: Do you think Spencer was even was thinking about the dangers and what might happen with Albert turning up and almost for his own good is he's, he's one act of humanity towards someone was to, to let the butler go for his own safety?
4: Yeah, potentially, yeah. Hmm. Because I think okay. Spencer was so embittered with people betraying him and you know you've got this one guy who's been with him his entire life and been fiercely 100% loyal. And he's just like, yeah, off you go.
1: We touched on it earlier. I think one one of the biggest questions was how important was Umbrella to to Spencer throughout. Obviously, in Wesker's report too, we had that kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the questioning over his motives. And you just said about people backstabbing him. At what point? did he I mean, the, the, the file suggests that he kind of gave up after Raccoon City went. And then, yeah, he still says in the cutscenes that everything was lost with Raccoon City, but then I've always asked myself what was lost in Raccoon City.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's changed over the years, and we've got numerous sources from loads of different books saying that the whole point of Umbrella being formed was to camouflage the progenitor virus research. Yeah. And the files in the latter half of Resident Evil 5 seem to indicate that Spencer, he doesn't really care about Umbrella, it's all about preserving the secret of the progenitor virus and that research. And I think when he said all was lost in Raccoon City, I think he means the... The cover? Yeah, the potential for the Gweska progenitor research to continue rather than the work Umbrella was doing.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
4: Don't get me wrong, he still cared about things like the G-Virus and that, but I think his personal goal about creating this race of superhumans was what he was wanting. And Umbrella was, you know, the way he was going to become this god. And when Raccoon City happened, he knew the company was dead and... So why
1: did he keep on Sergei on his books, essentially, to try and keep everything alive and go quickly go get the Red Queen and do ABC?
4: Well, that was obviously before Raccoon City, wasn't
1: it? Getting the Red Queen was, but, you know... Well,
4: uh, obviously, I think he, he wanted to do what he could to revive Umbrella because like I said, Umbrella was the key to creating this virus that he wanted and creating this evolved human race. And he you know, we've had games like Dead Aim and Wesker's Extra Report which hints at the revival plan they were doing with the T G virus and the, the bow auctions on the ships to raise money and the Talos the programme. But once all that failed there was there was no way back. That's when Spencer turned from Umbrella to Alex Wesker.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, especially after Raccoon, you know, a month later, Tyrant production plant, which could yield out, you know, potential BOWs to sell to the world over. That went up. Yeah. Another another semi-betrayal, if you like, by yeah. Vincent. And, yeah, then, as you said, the other kind of random incidents, which I think, because of Five, felt very much part of the storyline. Without any mention of them, everything kind of got, you know, finished up quite nice, that kind of story arc of Umbrella, Wesker, Spencer. Mm. It, it ended, and that's I think that's the saving grace of Resident Evil Five. The storyline was so much better mm. than everything else, and um, it kind of set it up for basically a reboot after five. And, um, and and the reboot was, as many people would have thought, this kind of Wesker children program, but sadly it has not yet materialized, but may do now. Well,
4: like I said before, I think it's purely an insurance policy they took out at the time in case they didn't know where to go next, and mm. the succession of one-off standalone stories we've had and the fact that they've brought in Wesker's son suggests that they're desperately trying to cling on to this character
1: mm. Mm. that's the thing with kind of Jake Muller although his whole conception is tosh his character was actually quite uh, by the end of the game I actually thought he was quite a cool character anyway. well I, th-
0: I just think it's it, it, it's not really his fault it was more the fact of what it could have been if, if it hadn't have been for the Wesker children file then I don't think too many people would have had a problem yeah, actually with Jake
1: absolutely yeah yeah as, as you so eloquently put, a missed opportunity. Okay, so we, we've had a quick on file on there. Is there anything anyone wanted to discuss about the uh, perhaps the mansion itself, Any of some of the Easter eggs that we get? Uh, Moonlight Sonata the- was fantastic. Yes.
0: And just the little extra things with the atmosphere that, again, I just felt so lacking in games since, with just the whole Atmosphere of, of Resident Evil Five and Six—that survival horror mystery. You know, you get the door that just suddenly bursts open, um, which I think is a bit like um, there's get, the Hookman the gameplay from 3.5, and just the fact that when you go back into the dining room, you can hear the piano playing and the sound effects,
1: even the zombie just falling off the top of the main stairs. makes you Oh jump. yes, yeah, it's a brilliant, though, You weren't expecting yeah. that, you know, and uh, works it's very the, well. The,
5: it's a bet, isn't it? it? Flies through the smidges through the
1: windows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah,
4: um, you can hear the dogs barking, can't you? Yeah, and you can hear one of the blobs scraping in the racks along the floor from somewhere yeah. upstairs.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, if you if you play it in uh, with a really good surround system, the amount of atmospheric audio mm. that you can hear is really is is really impressive. Yeah. It's often mixed on a missed on a stereo mix.
4: I liked the design of the mansion as well. You know, it was familiar, but it looked different enough, I thought. You know, quite dilapidated and it had some nice visual things like the black and white photos of the African dig and, yes. you know, the pictures of the woman with the face scratched out. And,
1: I did um, think it was a better homage to the Spencer <coughs> Mansion than what Code Veronica did. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that felt, I mean, I, I, know, I know it's quite an old game now, but that, that felt very sterile yeah and um completely yeah. unnecessary to be brutally honest
0: um, yeah not george trevor's finest work <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> no um but yeah going actually what Bat said i really agree with that in in some respects it was so similar to the, the mansion to the spencer mansion but yeah very different in part so it it, it was distinct it, it stands alone in itself it has its own kind of personality yeah and and yeah it's such a shame there weren't more rooms to investigate
4: I mean, you can almost imagine Spencer saying to George Trevor, he said, right, I want it to look like this, and, you know, describing his European mansion. You know, I want the, the new mansion in Raccoon Forest to look like this, so it'll look like my old home.
1: And we also got the... um a recreation of the keeper's, di- well, the, the keeper's diary coming back. Yeah, that's the only implausible file, really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did he do it a photocopy? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was trying to think today, playing that of of, of all sorts of kind of theories, but but they're all just so ridiculously fantastical. You know, as to why you know was was he the keeper? You know, just trying to think why would it be there?
5: I could have understand um, because obviously you've got the the star crests that you hidden around the mansion that you find and. I could have understood if they were linked to like copies of old important files throughout the history of this franchise, it kind of helped bring people in who maybe didn't know the backstories too much, and that was like one of them, Mm. and they'd all been linked. That would have made sense to me, but as a gameplay thing, but this, the way they did it doesn't make any sense (laughs) at all.
1: It, It kind of suggests that as spencer was fleeing the spencer mansion in raccoon city he found this diary and go Ooh, that's nice we'll have that
5: <laughs> yeah. he just ignored the zombies that were around you know
0: well, maybe there's some sort of evidence in in the keeper's kind of case against him like some employment tribunal uh, of unlawful dismissal you know <laughs> but,
1: but before i go i'll quickly go to my xerox and photocopy it and then put it back we can take the plausibility that one of the stars members picked
5: it up while they were in the mansion and it was used as evidence against the case in Umbrella, against Umbrella in Raccoon City and he got a copy of it and it
2: turned out Brian
1: Irons got it before he died
4: mailed it back maybe Umbrella's investigation teams found it in the rubble of the mansion and give it to Spencer, and Spencer sits in his bed reading it every night, thinking, fuck, May the 11th, 1998, that's when my plans were ruined. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this, the second section of the game obviously focused on the underground prison, and uh, the courtyard, and I, I, I for one felt that the, the underground prison was quite a cool area, um, and kind of took the idea of what you see in Rockfort, um, and put it to a whole whole new dinginess, mm-hmm. and very atmospheric.
5: Bringing this to Revelations 2, I think it's still better than the version that they're putting in Revelations 2, which is about to come out. Like I, <laughs> as I was talking about in the, in the preview I played, which is a prison, you know, on this Island and it's dingy, but it's like, it's kind of hard to describe, it's like it's a, it's a cliché dingy, like it's not it's <laughs> not genuine it's, enough. It's not genuine enough, the, the, the prison that's there feels like it was a functioning prison that's degraded over time because it's been buried underneath this manor and like it's just used for what it's used for and it yeah, you, there's a big difference. It's like the other one's trying too hard to be
4: dingy and <laughs> <laughs> Like in Revelations two, is there a purpose why there's so many bodies hanging from the ceiling on those hooks?
5: I I don't understand it. I, uh, I don't
4: Is it just dramatic effect?
5: I think it is, but it, it, I just I didn't understand it when I played it, you know, a couple of weeks back and I'm probably not gonna understand it when I play the, the final version. It's it's
1: This is know. what we like though as fans. We like yeah. to know why that's there. Even if it even if it's just a passing you know, like in uh Code Veronica, you've got the the prisoner diaries. Uh, The prisoner's diary. That filled in so many blanks without actually having to I will say that it's probably there was I think as I said there's
5: one file I came across that kind of explained that there was people that they were testing or implied that there was going to be testing on these people. So there's probably going to be some explanation about what they were doing with the people in the prison and why the people the why the various enemies are like they are. But I don't know if that'll specifically explain why they're hanging from the from the ceiling, in any particular reason, other I mean, than it
0: just a, looks cool. That would be a terrible shame. I think. Yeah, I think Nick was talking about it on on a, a past podcast yeah as you say this is what we really liked particularly about remake the way that you could interact with your environment and really connect with the game and we weren't running about shooting you could take a moment's breath and you know li- listen to the atmospheric music and, and read some of the descriptions and i mean with with the Spencer mansion read about george trevor someone else's path through the mansion and giving you some ideas to the horrors that awaited you when you followed this this similar path, so yeah, to, when when you see things like those bodies hanging, you think, oh, fantastic! There's going to be a file that's going to give you the history of those people and how they got there. But no, if it's just been put there for effect, I think yeah, that that's going to be a, a terrible shame.
1: But it'd be nice that you know perhaps if they can't be bothered to do that, they could even address it. I think one of the biggest losses in the series has been the ability, to, as you said, to interact with static elements within the game so you know you could just look at a random painting that no one's ever looked at and you look at it and it and it will say this this is a painting of a big castle it looks very posh you know it's so point it's so pointless or something but it does help with the atmosphere and so if if in revelations you're able to uh, if you were able to click on the body so to speak and say oh my god how did this get here at least there's a kind of in universe no explanation as opposed to a complete no explanation if you know what I mean well I was going to say that's the one thing I mean Lost in Nightmares as well
5: gets that idea right of like the calm before the storm there's this quiet spot before the enemies turn up and you get to explore but it's missing that element of being able to check everything as well yes And if that had been put in there, that would have been perfect. It honestly would have made up that little bit of difference. But that's, again, something that the newer games just don't get. And, and I've seen the comments in some of the reviews already saying that the, the Revelations 2 is relentless in its aspects. It just, it's that same style that, that was in the last one. So I don't think it's going to give us much reprieve, in, unlike Lost in Nightmares, unlike the original games, which... Gave us a little bit of a balance between when enemies turned up at certain points and or before they turned up, and it it's 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 that scene setting that's so important.
1: You just want to be able to want not to play it. You don't want to play it because you're you're going. Oh, I I don't know what's going to happen next, or I want to try and preserve my ammo if I you know you don't want the fast pacedness of it because it, it all goes so quickly you know you're just never in an area and that was my biggest criticism of Resident Evil 5 that you're never in an area long enough to in really se- appreciate what the hell was going on
5: the sense of dread basically the, the idea that you don't want to do I want to progress forward yes do I, do I want to peek out from behind the blanket to see what's next yeah. Like, that's
4: the idea. I think you do get that in the prison, in Lost in Nightmares, because you've gone through mm. the mansion, which is largely empty, and suddenly you're in this prison, there's bodies everywhere, and yeah. you, you know this place
1: isn't going to be empty. Replaying Resident Evil 4, actually, quite a while ago, I, I, I did find that, actually, that the whole village section, because there's a lot of backtracking with the village, you went through different areas to get back to the same place, I felt that there was that element just about there, of the exploration, you could go back...
5: Hmm. But but that's that's the reason why the setup to the Resident Evil 4 worked reasonably well as well is because you you come in as the opening scene you walk into the village as one guy attacks you then there's the occasional person as you make your way down the path before the village attack happens yeah and it kind of leads us after that unsettling feeling slowly growing. But the rest of the game doesn't have that same sort of pace. Once once that village scene happens, you explore an area, and then it, it's kind of like a bottleneck kind of thing again. You get to a certain point, a bunch of enemies are thrown at you. You go through a few things, you do a puzzle, then a bunch of enemies are thrown at you. So
1: I think four totally loses it in the castle. castle. You've always yeah, you've yeah, been quite a strong advocate of the uh, or not an advocate if you like of the of the giant Salazar and <laughs> uh, all that rubbish. <laughs> I do I do think though that. Um, I wonder if the game should bring back ink ribbons. When you die in Resident Evil, is that something more frustrating than knowing that you haven't saved for a long time? But that was part of its charm. (laughs) My
5: my issue with this now is that that same concept that everyone was complaining about last last time, about microtransactions and lives. People will end up paying for Mm. extra saves.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dear God. (laughs)
5: They'll find some way to go, you know, we'll make them so limited that we can potentially see people buying extra saves for a new game.
1: I always found the Ink Ribbon concept, The again, it was linked directly to that kind of dread aspect that you just talked about, Rumby, with do I want to go forward? You know what, I'm quite happy here for the moment, I'll, I'll save, and um, I don't want to go ahead, because if I die, if God knows what is through that door and I'm dead, Hunter kills me in one, I'm going to be annoyed. And uh, you know everyone will have had that time where they didn't have an ink ribbon and you yes. made quite a bit of progress and you're like shit if I die now I'm gonna lose so much.
5: That, that always takes me back to the, one of the first times I ever played the original on PlayStation. I didn't even have a memory card,
2: so I couldn't <laughs> save even if
5: I even if I had an ink ribbon. I was like Nuh. and and of course I it took me ages to finish the game because of that. And then I, I think I actually bought a memory card before I actually finished the game because it was that hard. But it was that that same dread was still there. But I mean, I mean, there's the classic. The uh, was it was it was it Okamoto that talked about the the ink ribbon hunting yeah. game. Yeah, how how we never like the ink ribbon idea, but it does it does add to that trade element because if you don't have enough ink ribbons, then you go oh, have I have, have I made enough progress? I need to find an ink ribbon, but to find an ink ribbon, I might have to go through some areas with some more enemies, and it's That's, yeah.
1: That combined with I want to try and get a good score as well. You know. Yeah, or
5: I'm trying to get through the game as fast as possible so I can get the unlimited rocket launcher or the bonus things or a good grade so I can unlock the bonus extras. Those sorts of things. Are, yeah.
4: But maybe as a compromise, rather than ink ribbons, that could just bring back save rooms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't physically. Rather than keep the ink ribbons. Yeah. Uh, uh, ideally, have have a save room with ink with typewriters that you can physically save. You don't necessarily need ink ribbons because you you always had more. You should normally have an, enough.
5: I can't remember. Can, can you? Even... Tell me uh, how far between, kind of roughly, in the last revelations, the checkpoint system was. Like, was it every few minutes that it basically saved you went through a couple of rooms? Because I can't honestly remember.
0: I don't remember it being too easy. I, I I think they were quite well spaced out.
5: I don't think you went any further
4: back than like ten minutes.
5: That's probably similar to what I experienced in Revelations 2, at least the trial that I undertook. Like, Because I one of the times I died and I restarted, I started back at the start of this whole section where I had to go through several rooms again. And I was like, okay, that's a, a reasonable far distance back. But then again, it might just mean that I was at the point that was the furthest almost away from when the next checkpoint was going to happen anyway. So if I'd not died there, but like maybe in 30 seconds I would have got to the next checkpoint. That was just
1: luck. Save rooms, though, only work as a concept if, if you're in a hub area. This is where 4, 5, 6 Revelations has been wholly different from previous games. Uh, admittedly, 3 didn't quite have a hub area, but you were in an area quite a long time before you you did move on to a new set piece.
0: Yeah, yeah this goes back to what you're. I think you said before. Do you mean, it because you're always being pushed forward in, yeah. in whether it's I, I think it's a too linear direction, but it, whether it's a linear direction or not, you're, yeah, you're still always being pushed forward, and you never get to do any backtracking or any yeah you know, kind of appreciation to take in your surroundings or or to go into a save room and, th- and actually think now, you know, w- w- what am I going to do next because I haven't got enough ammunition.
5: Yeah, there was a potential for that in Revelations because it was mostly aside from the side chapters that were outside of the ship confined to that ship but the thing about it was that most of the chapters once you went through a door you couldn't go back until either it let you go back through yeah or you never went back through and so they couldn't keep putting save rooms in but there would have been that potential they could have had the if you, you know, every so many rooms was a save room and you could go back at any stage, it would have worked. And then the outside chapter stuff could have had just a save room in the one environment that you're in, or two save rooms in the environment that you're in, and it would have worked as well.
0: It runs quite deep because I've never thought of it like that. The way Nick talks about a hub. And you're right, but the only way you're going to get that is if the whole gameplay is structured so that you've got that hub area say in the middle, and then to the left and to the right of you, you've got various different rooms and locations that you're aware of, but you can't quite get to them because you have that whole structure where you might find one particular item very early on in the game, or there might be a door very close to you, but you can't get access to that location until you find a particular item completely you know, in another part of, of, of that environment. So, you, you you can only have that hub area if you're going to and from it in all various different directions, but you know kind of passing through it at various points because you're getting one item from one part of the of, of the world and you're going you know going across to the other. Um, but if you're constantly always being pushed forward, then any item that you find you're just going to be using when you get around the corner. Hmm. Okay,
1: we are digressing somewhat. What was everyone's view on the actual fight with Wesker? I think it's one of the weaker points of the DRC. To be honest, I think it could have probably done without it because the Wesker fight, you know, the mechanics of it aren't great. I mean, the the one where you actually have to do the Sheva-Chris-Jill-Wesker fight isn't so bad, because it's like a game of cat and mouse around the corridors, but in an open sort of arena-style fight like they give you, it's just not great. I
5: agree with it, but the funny thing is, and I don't like quick timer events I really don't but it actually honestly in this case could have been a quick timer event and it probably would have made sense like there could have been basic quick time like it could have been it could have been a, a Leon Krauser style cutscene and yeah, I with yeah. a of of multiple parts and I would have been completely fine with that it. it was done in that exact style I would have been like totally makes sense because obviously Chris cannot fight Whisker right now So, him at least avoiding blows and trying to land them would make
1: way more sense. Is there anything else anyone wanted to bring to the discussion?
4: Just the bit in the the underground tunnels, really, where you're getting chased by the blobs. I thought that was a decent sequence, where you lose your weapons.
1: Yes. Yes, that was quite tense, if I remember correctly. I'm always a little bit bemused
5: by the whole losing the weapon sequence, because usually they're carrying so many massive weapons all the time, and yet they manage to lose everything. It just makes me laugh. It works for the gameplay, but it always makes me laugh a bit. Yeah. If people do try it with the map, I strongly suggest you have a go without, because it's a different experience, completely. Hmm. I, I, I kind of was not surprised when the last one always kind of fights back When you're dropping the, (laughs)
2: oh
4: yeah. But I tell you, whenever you got the prompt to go under there and punch him, I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going (laughs) under all them spikes and punching him. (laughs) What possible benefits going to happen there? Can I quickly ask, is there any obvious reason? Is it would it
0: just be a huge pain in the ass for the developers why they never utilised that idea again of having the choice to go fixed camera? uh, Well, you know why that wasn't taken on for an entire game in Resident Evil Six.
4: Well, I'm going to be controversial. I, I don't like the camera angles in Resident Evil Five. Okay. I think they're nice and nostalgic, but they just completely nullify the aiming. T- oh yeah, they do. Oh yeah, yeah. You white. Right. <laughs> yeah. Playing through the entire game like that would just be frustrating as hell.
5: Yeah, I, I, I kind of think it's an Easter, egg, it, was, yes. it works, yeah. but but there's a gameplay thing. It I think was, that's why but... they only really, really give you it for the mansion section though, because you don't need aiming yeah. so much there. The the idea could have been refined and probably could be made use of, you know, as a as an extra camera option for a game, but it would probably require a lot more work. And and as I said to someone recently, I, I can't remember where I said it, but I think now that Capcom's pretty much decided on the Resident Evil Four style camera angle, unless someone reinvents the wheel on that again, it's not going to change. That's probably what
1: they're going to stick with. I, mean, well, I was going to say, is is this the the pinnacle, if you like? Is this proof that actually? the combination of this over the shoulder camera and survival horror can actually work. I'd be happy with what they planned with the Hookman version where it's camera angles until you aim. Mm. It Goes into the over the shoulder aiming. Because they do that with dead aim, don't you? you get that with dead aim, don't you? Yeah, in a sense yeah it's innocent.
4: But can you imagine having fixed camera angles in Resident Evil 6 where you're playing as Chris trying to shoot down a Neo Umbrella helicopter and simultaneously trying to protect Jake and Sherry on the floor as well?
5: There are a couple of fixed camera angles in Resident Evil 6 here,
4: and they're terrible. (laughs) I
1: was actually thinking as well, with Dead Aim just being mentioned there, I was reading a Revelations 2 review about, um, you know, it's another game that forces an AI partner on you, and every game in the series has... Yeah. Since Dead Aim. Dead Aim was the last game in the series where you were purely solo all the way through. Remarkable. And I think yes. I
4: think Revelations and. two is the first game since Dead Aim that doesn't have Chris or Leon in it. Wow. <laughs> I think. If you don't count the outbreak games, obviously.
5: Yeah, I was gonna say outbreak is yeah. excluded. But of course they're still partner system. Hmm. Obviously, because you've got, if you played it by yourself, you had AI partners, you play it with other people, yeah. you're with other people. <laughs> we
4: always, We always come back. Why How do, long is that?
5: 11 years? 12 years? 2003 it came out, just after zero, I think. So almost 12 years. That's incredible.
4: But that's an interesting point, though. Why do you have an NPC following you around suddenly? Because Revelations 1 wasn't a uh, two player, and this one's oddly offline two player, isn't it? So why do you? Why what, what is the fast sudden fascination with having someone following you around for the entire game? Would Revelations One have not been better if you didn't have Parker following you around all the time?
1: The only good thing they did with that was make the partner character invincible, so you didn't have to babysit them.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's still it, the problem is it just takes away all the all the, all the drama when yeah. you've got a car- you know a character talking to you through well, the story. It was the first criticism of Zero, though,
5: wasn't it? Yeah. It, it to me it both. It takes away and adds because at least where, if you can't click and search every item to get the character's thoughts about what they're looking at, sometimes at least that back and forth dialogue will give you some information about what's going on in the character's head around. But it's, it, as I said, it's not a substitute, it's just a replacement.
4: But if you're creating a survival horror game, what's going to be more scary going mm. through the prison as barry on your own or going through the prison as barry with a little girl who can see through walls and see where all the enemies are
5: this is the same argument that was made when dead dead space went to to the two-player thing for dead space 3 is like the first two you know single player co-op uh, say single player game moving to co-op and it's that same same reason was the was the outcry when resident evil 5 went to like co-op With that same thing, it does take away a lot of the tension and that dread and and everything we talked about earlier.
4: Yeah, but that's the funny thing. Revelations isn't even co-op. The first one wasn't,
1: anyway. We're going to slightly wrap this up. Final thoughts and conclusions on Lost in Nightmares. Batman.
4: Um, Yeah, just brilliant. As short as it was, it's perfect. Uh, I can't really say much more than I already have, so yeah, 10 out of 10. Brilliant.
1: Oh, scores gone straight for scores there.
4: How much was it? Was it 400 Microsoft points? I think it was. About
1: 399 on PlayStation. Yeah. Wow. Was that just for Lost Nightmares? What about Desperate Escape? Yeah. Desperate I think... Escape was 399 as well, yeah. Um, and then there was a there was
5: a bundle version, slightly cheaper. Yeah. And then obviously the disc version yeah. on PS3 had all the DLC included, but not the Xbox version.
4: It was a piece of DLC, it was perfect, because it was... Completely different to the main game, and it was it a year after Resident Evil Five came yeah, out.
5: Yeah,
1: it was a year. I think it was it was either the January or the February. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just just just, just under a year. Yeah. So, and yeah. it wasn't disc locked content, which has got to be the bane of everyone's life. No, it did clearly was like developed after because I seem to remember there was an interview with Patricia Jarlieu, who voices Jill, halfway you know like a few months after Five had been released, and she actually said she'd gone back to re-record some dialogue. For Ah. the gold edition. That's how the news broke, I think. And there'd obviously
5: been a lot of pressure on Capcom because a lot of the disc locked content had been Capcom's problem for for so many games. And and so obviously, they were kind of, I guess it was some way of reproving that not everything had been planned
1: beforehand. Star's Time, final conclusions and thoughts? Yeah, one of the last truly great original things in the series, if not the last real sort of good slice of Biohazard. And it actually gets better every time you play it, I think. I think it does improve. Whether that's just nostalgia, you know, desperately trying to, you know, grab hold of you, but yeah, it's intense. It's
0: George Trevor, just what everyone said, I, I just causes me equal amounts of delight and, and confusion. I, I think it was the last great instalment in the series. I think Capcom got everything absolutely right with this. How they could have progressed the series forward, and I just don't understand why they didn't take from this game so much of what they got right. Uh, score? 9 out of 10. I would have given it 10 out of 10 if there had been more areas to explore because uh, that's the only thought I can give it. Just an incredible DLC. Fantastic. Great atmosphere. Perfect combination of, of combat and puzzle.
5: Uh, Robbie? I don't know if I can add much more. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It should have been a, a, a blueprint for moving forward, both in the, the fact that it had set up a, a potential future content as far as story went and also took... Uh, A great, you know, gameplay system that could have been worked, could have, and probably still could work pretty, pretty well. Especially in the face of how well the the HD version of the Remax has been received, this might be the good middle ground. Yeah, it's a great, great piece of DLC. Any score? Uh, uh, I'm gonna say nine as well.
1: Does anyone have a favourite moment they want to quickly share with the community? I would say it's just being in the, the mansion section, having the little anecdotes which don't feel forced in this case. They just feel like loving homages, and mm. yeah, pro- probably Jill playing the piano I <laughs> <laughs> mean, It just worked because they used that. They used the moonlight Sonata for the trailer, and I think that was like what made me really sit up and go like, oh, this is gonna be, it's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? I, I love going into the dining
0: room. I think is it for the second time when you then hear the piano mysteriously playing again. Just that that makes you feel real dread.
4: I like um, logging onto the computer in the study, and it plays that little jingle from the very first game.
1: Yes. (laughs) The old login music. Great. Well, unless anyone has anything else they want to finally add, I think that finishes off our discussion on Lost in Nightmares, but I'm pleased to say that we've had a few call-ins this week. (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, So we have... The first one has come from Project Umbrella member Yoke, so if we... uh, Let's hit his record and see what he wants to say.
3: Morning, Yoke here. So, Lost in Nightmares. Uh, this is honestly my favorite part of Resident Evil 5. It is just an amazing throwback to the first game, and I'm not going to talk about all the similarities. I'm sure you guys have already covered it, and if I cover it, it just be too long of a call-in. It just pretty much boils down to, if it's a memorable moment, it's probably in this. I do like the nod to Resident Evil uh, 3.5, though. It just makes you think about what could have been Now, I honestly don't know where to start. Uh, The few files we get are great. Uh, We get a better look at Spencer's mental state, uh, the the look at at the virus he was trying to make, files from Patrick talking about the founders and the decline of Spencer, um, more information on the Wesker children, but most importantly, excuse me, that another Wesker is alive. With the upcoming release of Revelations 2, Alex seems to be on everyone's mind. It's really odd how... A character mentioned in a file in this DLC can get all this buzz. It really shows how popular Wesker was as a villain, and kind of a little rant. I hate how we have to refer to Wesker as Albert now. It really bugs me. And to uh, you know go on to the resu- res- Revelations 2 topic. I hope it's Alex. I I hope she doesn't die in this game. Too many villains have been dying. This we need a constant villain and now there's a rumor that trysol is in relations too, but they're gone it's uh... it's doesn't look too good for the villains uh... as for what i think she'll be doing she's a wesker rubor seems to be involved so i'm gonna be really shocked if he, she isn't trying to saturate something um, and anyway, back to lost in nightmares i really like the gameplay mainly how the blobs appear depending on what difficulty you're playing on and what you did by the way, I've n- never been more disappointed in a monster's name. They really should stuck with Guardians of Insanity or Keepers of Madness. Uh, now, there are a couple things I didn't like about the game, or the DLC. I honestly hate anything that gives a bullshit reason for why they took your weapons r- away. It's really, you fell in shallow water, and you lost everything. I know you, wanted, you really wanted the player to use traps, but it's not like you have that much ammo left. But my main problem is, and I know this is a DLC, I just wish it was longer. I wanted to explore more of the place. I felt so sad that I couldn't follow Wesker's Path of Destruction or explore the dungeons and possibly find you know Spencer's lab or something. It just leaves more to be desired. Well, that's pretty much a summary of what I thought about it. Hopefully this was of some use to you guys. And, uh, oh, before I go, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you guys a question. Um, I've seen a few comments before saying how they, how people didn't really like Lost in Nightmares, mainly because of the fan service, like, you know, adding in the Keeper's Diary, which is out of place. Uh, do any of you guys feel this way? Alright, thanks again. Bye.
1: So, an interesting, uh, an interesting comment there from, from Yoke. I think he, um, detailed a lot of what we discussed about the uh, the, the removal of weapons being a, an annoying factor, but uh, he obviously touched on what you said, George, about it being a bit short. But his question there was whether or not um, people were saying that they didn't like it because of some aspects to do with the, the, the Keeper's Diary and things like that.
0: Well, I think, apart from the Keeper's Diary, which, you know, obviously is... I mean, to say it was shoehorned in is... is an understatement but apart from that i actually think the nods to the mansion worked really well i don't think they were just blatant kind of sort of you know plagiarism or you know just shoehorned in i think you know they they they, they were similar but they kind of worked well on their own within the environment of, of lost in
1: nightmares i was just going to say i think i think the fact that there is repetition in the locations um is is a is a recurring theme through the series though isn't it you know it, Code Veronica sort of introduced that notion that labs were built with similar features and and whatnot. So I, th- I
5: think everyone probably would have complained if, at the end, after Jill disappeared out the window, Chris went off and found a triggering device and blew the mansion up. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, then
4: you might be like, yeah, okay, there's a bit of re- real serious repetition going on. <laughs> and then Wesker's body was found unconscious in the power room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 I mean I, I was gonna say
5: as I said before with the files if there if there've been uh, extra files hidden to the to the star stars around that you shoot and because it ties into the whole like there's that the, the files and the menus in Resident Evil Five that tell you the history of Resident Evil and they still come up when you when the game's loading for the DLC but those would only add to real proper, probably overkill fan service. But at the same time, I think they also appeal to potentially people who don't know the backstory too much to give them more details on certain files and stuff. It's like how the, the uh, EX files were to the Nintendo 64 version of Resident Evil 2. It, it, it added for people who had never played a Resident Evil title before or hadn't played for a long time.
4: I think if you were being really harsh, you could maybe say the Moonlight Sonata, Jill playing the piano was a bit...
1: I did feel, I did think it, a lot of it did feel organic, though. Yeah. A, it, it, it felt it, it suited the environment. And it, apart from the Keeper's Diary, which didn't make any sense it, um, within its context and location. It would have been
5: interesting to see what sort of comments were made if there'd been like an actual old-style Resident Evil puzzle in there. like mm. <laughs> Because the, the way the game works is it's still got the mechanics of five, which is that you go to a, this location, you pick up the very basic item, and you Gather yep. the bits up, and and that works fine, and it works fine for the DLC as well. I don't have any problem with it, but it would it perhaps that would have been a real serious complaint for a lot of people, especially after playing Resident Evil. Oh, what I have to work this puzzle, I have to push these statues around and gather up this item rather than just picking it up. Oh, what a pain in the ass! Mm. Yeah, I think, what
1: is what it I with think this he... guy in cracks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> he makes a good point as well about how we all have to call Wesker Albert now. Because it, it does sound weird.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Yoke. Thank you, Yoke, for your call in mate. That was uh, very uh, great for you to do so, and uh, hopefully um, we've answered your question. And um, any more you want to call in, by all means. Okay, we, we have a second call in from our uh, regular call in contributor, Vito.
2: Lost and Nightmares. One of the few DLCs out there that they're actually non knowable content and not disk-locked content. (laughs) I hope that dies one day, honestly. It was released almost one year after Resident Evil 5, and it was actually a great DLC. It was amazing going back into a mansion and having a little bit of that atmosphere from remaking there. The monsters were great, the dialogue was also good, the files, oh my god, the files were amazing. These are the kind of files I want in a Resident Evil game. They enrich the story, the backstory, and they give hints of future plot lines in the series. I really hope Revelations 2 has files of this quality. I really do. The only negative I can take of the DLC is... It's too short. <laughs> I think I beat it in 90 minutes or less. What's really short, but it's sweet. Really sweet. I-, I hope you guys explain this in the podcast, but to this day I still don't understand why the hell Spencer calls Wesker to the mansion. Why? Does he really have a dead wish? Or there's something more in there, I right? never really understood that. Well, now, speaking of Revelations 2. I'm gonna be blunt here. The game looks like shit. It may play better, but holy shit, it looks bad. (laughs) The only thing I'm looking for in the game is story. That's it. If the story is good, I'm happy, I'm satisfied since obviously it's a low-budget game, but still, come on, Capcom, a little more effort, please. And I guess that's everything I have to say. Toodles.
1: Thank you, thank you, Vito. Always, always an input. Obviously, uh, Vito's in the same camp as you, uh, Rombi, with your questioning over... Spencer cool I just, to have him back. <laughs> I just don't I just don't get it. Like I mean I do get it in a in a narrative sense,
5: but I just think that obviously he's frail and old and Wesker's probably just gonna kill him and so if sending off these people except for these bodyguards, like what what was he expecting like to happen? <laughs> I don't honestly think he was gonna win him back.
0: Yeah, I just think it was the last throw of the dice. Because um, if I remember right, there's um one of one of Spencer's files. He's he talks about his his last hope is his butler and then suddenly out of the blue, the next thing you read is the butler's been dispensed with. So I don't know something specific happens, but yeah, I, I just think it was literally that or die alone, it's his, his, his last connection with the work that he was trying to achieve.
4: Yeah, I think he was just literally beyond desperation that Wesker would help him finish his plan. There's one thing we didn't touch on, actually, well, I think it's in Resident Evil 5 in the cutscene, isn't it, that Spencer tells Wesker that he is the last of the Wesker children, and he doesn't mention Alex at all.
0: Oh, yes. <sighs> well, i Well, I was just thinking, maybe, did he think that there was some way he could get, that Wesker might know of Alex's whereabouts, or he might have, I don't know, tried to enlist Wesker in, in maybe he thought that in telling Wesker about the Wesker children, he might want to find the others, but then, as you say, he never mentions Alex.
4: Well, this is what's interested me about Revelations 2, because if Ouroboros is in it, then where's it come from? Because... Resident Evil 5, to me anyway, lends the impression that apart from Wesker, Excella, Irving and some researchers from tri Africa, nobody else knew about Ouroboros, apart from the BSAA. So where's where's it come from?
5: Well see, this is the thing I was interested in, is that opening cutscene where they show uh, members from Tearsave going in to help in the village, yeah. that there might be some link there as well. That this whole idea of them going into the village is that somewhere in the background some shady dealings going on but that may be just expecting too much. Like it, it might be something far more simple that comes out of it.
1: I would like TerraSave to actually stay a relatively non-corrupt organisation. That would be a, <laughs> uh, be a, well, be a fresh approach. I, I'm just worried because the whole setup relies on the fact
5: that they're at a TerraSave event and then they'll get like kidnapped and stuff, like, and killed. Yeah. So, um, it's a little bit worrying that maybe there's already someone inside the... I mean, maybe it's not, but,
4: you know. (laughs) I mean, I have no proof of this, but for me, if you just watch the intro, it's clear that Neil Fisher guy is evil.
1: (laughs) But they've done that, I mean, they've done that with Frederick Downing, with uh, Will Farmer, and um, to an extent revelations with um, the FBC this, this, as well you know it's like this, oh. this is the same problem that you were talking
5: about with having these throwaway villains it's the same problem. it's their throwaway organisations as well yeah. like we we create this organization, and then next time it comes up, it's either disbanded or evil or being thrown away in some silly way. Sorry, I was just want to say one last thing that, as well. Like, The last thing about Lost in is I think it was the last time, and it sounds really horrible because I am sitting here talking about these games in death, but I think it was the last time that I actually cared deeply <laughs> about the franchise. Lord, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, if Revelations 2 does actually end up tying into all this sort of stuff, I will be both amazed, obviously, but, but, be really like excited to see that because since then it has been quite a convoluted kind of mess because of these sort of organizations that are throwaway, these events and then villains that are throwaway that, you know, that's why I didn't, I didn't play the first revelations till it came out in HD because I just, I didn't care enough. Like <laughs> I was like, the, the story sounds like it's, and, you know, I saw a little bit of what the story was going to be and I thought, uh, I can play this later. I'm not, I'm not fast. And and that's how I've kind of felt about the story, I think. And so if these sorts of things do become true, then maybe, yeah, it will rekindle my interest in the story side of things a lot more.
1: I think you speak
4: for a majority of the fan base there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that concludes all our discussions on Lost in Nightmares. Thank you, everyone, for your call-in. And without further ado, we'll now move on to this week's edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz.
2: New Format New questions and new challenges. Each broadcast, a new quiz to test the resolve.
1: biohazard
2: quiz
1: So hello and welcome to Neptune's biohazard quiz. It's a different style of quiz this week. Very slightly different, very very slightly different. So so unnoticeable, you probably won't even think it's much of a difference. But the questions are very easy, so do not panic, do not fear. I'm feeling real pressure. That's like the fourth no, time you've mentioned how these questions. They are. We've got as usual five questions, plus we've got a bonus question six. In this particular quiz, it's an odd one out. So question six will be which of your five answers is the odd one out. There is a connection running through all five but obviously one of them is phony so can you identify that connection oh, cool. okay i will tell you now that the connection can be in universe or even out of universe so an example would be that perhaps all five answers or four answers in this case they've all appeared uh, they've all, all all appeared in a particular game or they've all had file references in a particular game or perhaps all surnames of all the people that you've answered are also presidents of the United States of America. It could be it could be as diverse as that gentleman. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's what you've got to think of. Um, all five questions, the actual answers are only worth half a mark each because they're so easy. But you've got to think, what is connecting your answers? But we'll go through the same format, asking the five questions, and then we'll see what everyone's got. So if everyone can clear their desktops, you can open up Notepad. Let's go with question number one. What was the name of Helena's sister in Resident Evil 6? Oh, Shit. <laughs> Question number two. Who was the captain of the SRT in Harvardville? That's degeneration, by the way, George. Um, Question three. They've got to listen to this. I am thin enough to fit through the ventilation shaft and escape the (laughs) RPD. And of course, anyone who knows me knows, of course, I'm that thin. So I'm thin enough to fit through the ventilation shaft and escape the RPD. Who am I? Question number four. Which umbrella employee steals Yoko's ID card? Can you just repeat that? Yeah, sure. Which umbrella employee steals Yoko's ID card? I knew knew that series playthrough would come in handy one day. Absolutely. (laughs) And question number five. If I was to say that my sweet ass was on its way... (laughs) Who am I talking about? Mark Thompson.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: And of course, question number six will be which is the odd one out, slash, what is the connection? So, I give you time to think. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers. Welcome back, welcome back. Let's see how everyone's done. I expect everyone should be getting very close to maximum marks. So, question number one was, what was the name of Helena's sister in Resident Evil 6? George Trevor, what did you put? Jessica. Okay. Batman? Deborah Harper. Oh, shit. Star Starant? Deborah Harper. Oh, fuck. Rombie? Deborah, yeah. Correct. Very good, so... Half a mark there. Question number two: Who was the captain of the SRT in Harvardville? Romby. No clue. Tyrant? Um, I didn't know this. I'm afraid. Oh. Yeah, I'm not aware of this answer. George Trevor. No idea. Oh, blocked Batman. Angela Miller. Angela Miller. Oh, she's the captain, isn't she? Is the correct answer. Bastard. Very good. Well done, Bat. Well done, Bat. Um, okay so question number three was I'm thin enough to fit through the ventilation shaft and escape the RPD who am I this is an outbreak question George Trevor oh
0: shit I was going <laughs> to say Sherry Birkin
1: <laughs> 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 hey, that's it's true. I could, I keep asking, yeah, I, keep... I I suppose it's not wrong, but it's not the answer I was looking for. But, uh, <laughs> although, although, you would argue that the ventilation shaft is not accessible to Sherry Birkin. So you've gone for Sherry Birkin. Uh, Batman, <laughs> who did you go for?
4: I'm glad you said it was an Elbrick question because I was
1: going to say Sherry.
4: They can all fit through the vent in Elbrick
1: They can, but there's a comment in a, in a cutscene.
4: Oh Christ! Um, oh uh, Rita.
1: Rita. Okay. Uh, Stars Tyrant, who are you going to say? Uh, yeah, I'd put Sherry down,
5: so I'll stick with that. Rombi? Yeah, I'd, I'd put Sherry down because I didn't think of Outbreak at
1: all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very good, it was Rita, so very good, well done, Batman. Well, I I, I,
4: I technically said Sherry as well. I did changed, you, okay. I only changed my mind when you mentioned
1: Outbreak. Oh, okay, then you won't get the point. Okay, fair enough, but yes, the answer was Rita. Bastard. Yeah. Question number four. Which Umbrella employee steals Yoko's ID card? Uh, I'll come Batman last, because he seemed fairly confident. Uh, Romby? Uh,
5: um uh, Monica? Stars Tyrant? I only know
1: Monica, I don't know her surname. And uh, George Trevor? Um the only bit I knew was
0: that this is an outbreak question. <laughs> yes, it was! <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I can go. Oh, okay. I, I
1: don't know. You did, though. Batman? Monica. Is the correct answer, so half points all round there, except for George, sadly. And I think he should get a point here. Question number five was, if I was to say that my sweet ass was on its way, who am I talking about? Uh, Batman?
4: Uh, Jessica. Surname? Um,
1: Sharawat. Star Star? Jessica Sharawat. That's what I've got. Uh, Rombie?
5: Oh, I just wrote Jessica, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And George? I actually just had Jessica. That's fine, that's fine. Yes, points all round there. Well done. So let's quickly rack up the scores after we get to question number five, because question number six, the link, is worth more points. So Batman, you finished on two points. Bear in mind they're only worth half, so you got four. Uh, Stars Tyrant, one and a half, Romby one and a half, and George, half. Now, one of these answers is the odd one out, and you'll get one point if you can tell me which is the odd one out, and two points if you can tell me the connection Can you read out the answers again? Yes, I can. So, question number one uh, was um, Deborah Harper. The answer to question number two was Angela Miller. The answer to question three was Rita. The answer to question number four was Monica. And question number five was Jessica Sherawatt.
3: I have a theory. I was, a... think,
0: I was thinking female ah, pop you. stars. And... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, as it, I said, it Monica? can be it can be in universal, out of universe. <sighs> so, Batman, have you any idea which is your which do you think is the odd one out? Um, for a point, which is the odd one out? Question one, two, three, four, or five.
4: Um, I've no idea to be honest. Or, and what's the connection? Uh, and they're all
1: female. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay, Romby, which is the uh, odd one out?
5: I'm gonna go with three, and I have no idea why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> George Trevor um, for the steel. Really, this is this is the yeah. it's, gonna, it's,
5: it's gonna end up being something really obvious. I mean, I'm
2: sure. It is. Uh,
0: no, uh, knowing you, Nick, I don't think it's going to be in universe. The connection, right? So uh, I'm. Um, that would involve too much RE knowledge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I would, uh, so I'm, I'm going to say Monica is the odd one out. Right. And it's got sonnet, something to do with pop music.
1: Star Star Band. No idea. Oh, I thought you had a theory. That's why I left you to the uh, I did, but then I was going to say you know, something like questions three and four don't have surnames, and the connection is they're both outbreak characters. I mean, you're not wrong, obviously, with those type of things, but that's a bit obvious. There is a stronger connection. And uh, what was your answer, sorry, Ty? Potentially, of course, if you get, if even if you get get it right, you made. I'll, I'll say Rita, then. Question three. I don't know why. I'm afraid no points scored. The the odd one out was quest, question number one, Deborah Harper, for the obvious, the fairly obvious connection that all the other answers are female characters that appeared in Lou Bega's hit Mumbo Number 5. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> I was right. It's, I said it. I <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. Just
4: and just for our listeners... How in the moist <laughs> barrel of fox
1: are you supposed to get that? <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> And for our listeners, let's listen to that extract of the song.
2: I like Angela, Pamela, Sandra, and Rita. And as I continue, you know it's getting sweeter. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the sun. A little bit of Mary all night long. A little bit of Jessica, here I am. A little bit of you makes me your man.
1: Yes, all the characters, Angela, Rita, Monica, and Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> In a Mumbo number five. <laughs> So that means the winner of the quiz is Batman with two points. Well done, Batman. Oh, brilliant. It was obvious,
5: but it's not that obvious.
1: <laughs> so depending on how well that went down, we'll either do a, a similar theme to that next time or we'll just have a standard five question quiz. Join us next time when you'll find out the answers to that question. Oh, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was planning the quiz, and it just—I think it happened to come on on the radio, and I just <laughs> noted that oh, they're in resume Oh, so is she. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know what, we could do a quiz around this. So um, that really does nearly bring us to the end of our podcast. We're going to have a quick preview of what you can expect next time. Episode twenty-seven will be a Revelations two special. We've been talking about it for the past couple of podcasts, but we're going to do a special four-part format in honour of the fact that this game is getting episodic releases. This is something that's going to be handled predominantly by Batman and Stars Tyrant, who are succumbing to Capcom's temptation to download the um, releases periodically, whereas I'm trying to remain spoiler-free and will purchase the, the game when it comes out in disc format. So, um, Batman, do you want to tell people what you were planning on doing?
4: Um, well, it's just simply... Recording four separate parts, one for each episode. Just so we can sort of talk and speculate about what's going to happen without actually knowing what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, the, the the idea being is that we it should, as Capcom intend, generate the necessary speculation that they want and the general, you know, excitability of the fans and whether our hopes and fears, depending on each episode released, uh, come to be true or not. So in many ways, we're falling into the hands of Capcom quite nicely present it to you in one cast and we can see how wrong we were exactly yes so, um, <laughs> we can see how we go from there so that's something to look forward to so yeah so if anyone wants to um, do MP3 call-ins anyway for Revelations 2 when it comes out um, that will be more than welcome you can always send it to me at snickers3112 at com, and we can get that sorted out for you so uh, with that I'd like to thank everyone for listening and thank everyone who's participated in the podcast it's goodbye for me Neptune.
0: Goodbye for me Batman. Goodbye for me George Trevor. Goodbye for me
5: Stars Tyrant. Goodbye for me Robbie.